Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Carmi Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you to become your calmest, happiest and most confident self. And I'm Chloe Brotheridge, your host. I'm a hypnotherapist, a coach and the author of The Anxiety Solution. Welcome back if you are a regular listener and a big welcome to anyone that's new to this podcast this week. So this week I am just back from a little break from the podcast. I don't know if you noticed but I skipped a couple of weeks because I've been away a fair bit and I love to think that I'm going to be that organised person that is getting all these podcasts out in advance but sometimes it just doesn't work like that and I'm not going to stay up late into the night doing podcasts. That wouldn't be me being a very good role model for being a calm person so not going to do that but I'm back now and should be more consistent for the next few weeks and hopefully months with the podcast for you. I've been doing a lot of training Um, training and furthering my education in coaching and therapy and I went on a pretty intense retreat um, a few weeks ago. I won't tell you all the details but suffice to say I went out of my comfort zone a lot. There's a lot of sharing and a lot of learning about myself and I'm back now feeling very inspired, very ready to share what I've learned and take my own sort of personal development and use that to to help you guys as well hopefully so I'm going to be sharing in the next few weeks things that I've learned um, lately about how we can all become our best selves. So a really big topic that I know lots of people are interested in is the topic of meditation and so I this week am chatting to meditation and mindfulness teacher and mentor Holiday Phillips who is someone that I came across at a festival last year and we didn't meet in person but I was kind of aware that she was there and she stuck in my mind as being someone that I really wanted to learn more about and then a a few months ago I saw her pop up on my Instagram because she'd done a video I think with with Stylist Magazine and I love her approach to meditation just to making it kind of a bit cooler than, you know, it is, or or lots of people think it is, and I love her way of talking about things. And so I think you're going to really enjoy this interview with Holiday, where we talk about meditation, how to be more mindful, what to do if you get bored, or you don't have time to meditate. And I really enjoyed hearing about her techniques for giving yourself a bit more love. So we'll get straight into the interview and I definitely want to encourage you to 
head over to her YouTube channel. I'm going to post the link in the show notes. You just enter Holiday Phillips into YouTube, you'll find her. And she's got some brilliant guided meditations on there and some 30-day challenges for you to get involved with. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you will come over to my Instagram after you've listened. Send me a message. Let me know what you think about this. I'm at Chloe Brotheridge on Instagram. And if there are any topics that you want me to cover on the podcast, send me a message and let me know. And I would be very happy to cover those topics for you. Thanks again. And let's get into the interview. So welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I'd love to hear about... Um, your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, thank you so much for, for having me on the podcast. Um, how I got to where I am today. So meditation has kind of always been in my, kind of in my life. My mum's Indian, so I grew up with all of the Eastern philosophy and bedtime stories about Rama and Sita and this idea of the philosophy of meditation and my mum is a mindfulness teacher as well my granny was a philosopher so it kind of runs down in the lineage but obviously as a teenager I didn't want anything to do with what my parents were doing I just wanted to drink Bacardi breezes and listen to garage music and and wasn't interested um and then when I was in my probably early 20s I was working a really really intense job partying all the time and was just really got to a place where I was kind of really emotionally bankrupt and like spiritually empty and just stressed all the time and really miserable and my mum who'd kind of gently tried to guide me towards mindfulness for my whole life suggested the eight-week mindfulness course that had started to gain popularity in the UK so I was like okay I'll do it um started it just really with the intention of being a bit less stressed having some tools to deal with work and then two weeks after I started I broke up with my boyfriend of six years and it was just like oh you know like that kind of heartbreak I was a mess and it was like just a godsend that I'd started the course because it completely shepherded me through this like year what ended up being a year of just struggling with thoughts and ruminating on the past and stressing about the future and um kind of like saved me from going into a really dark place so after I did that I was just hooked and then just kept going and going and then um kind of ended up sharing my practice at work and then just people from all the different offices started coming and by the end I had like 30 people two times a week at which point I was like okay I think I might just leave my job and do this amazing amazing that was years ago three years ago right yeah so you so you quit your job three years ago and you've been doing been teaching meditation ever since yeah yeah I think it's um it's interesting what you say about how you were kind of brought up um with meditation and yet it's such a common story isn't it if you're told to do something as a teenager it's like the last thing you want to do because I was actually the same my parents um, meditate and my granny's a meditation teacher and I would I tried it as a teenager but I was like no this is just not for me you know, it's not cool to meditate. You know, I just want to go and exactly drink Bacardi breezes. I think I, I used to drink, what did I drink? WKD, blue WKD. But yeah, thankfully, I made it back to, to that as well. And um, I think often it does come from when you're in a bit of a desperate place, that's when you you go and discover those those tools because you're, you have to do something, basically. Um, yeah. 
can you can you explain what meditation is for anyone that doesn't actually know because I think it's can be a bit confusing because some people think oh is can we meditation you know you can meditate while you're swimming or riding a bike or is it something you have to be sat down can you talk about what what actually it is yeah so at its at its essence meditation is really a practice or a technique for training the mind or you might hear it um spoken of as purifying the mind or raising consciousness or, or something but really it's a practice and a technique to change the way that you uh interact with your mind um so then there's the question of so can is can is, is running my meditation is um doing my meditation i don't really have a hard and fast opinion on this i think anything and particularly as i've deepened in my own meditation practice I now would say that a lot of the things that I do are meditative. But I, I think the reason that the seated meditation or the kind of more traditional techniques are there is because they are like an, an entry point to really learn how to get to that place. After which you've learned that, learned the way of doing that, then yeah, swimming can be your meditation, running can be your meditation. But I do think at the beginning, the kind of seated practice probably is going to be the best form of meditation for, for people to do before they um, understood what it really is to train the mind or purify the mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Totally, totally. Because, you know, I'm, I'm someone that has benefited so much from meditation. It was the thing that really changed things for me. And um, I often come across people who say, I can't meditate or it's boring or I don't have time to meditate. What, what do you, how do you kind of help people to move past those um, kind of blocks when it comes to doing something that work, will help them? Yeah, of course. Um, I think there's two things. For me, the first one is like, if you're not really connected to the reason why you want to be doing it, then it's going to be much harder to do it. So like you were saying, like sometimes you really need to get to a rock bottom where you're like, I need something to the point where you're actually really going to give it, make the choice to, to do it. Mm. And I think that these practices find people at the time when they're ready for it. So I absolutely don't think meditation should be like, okay, I need to just add meditation to my list of things to do. If you don't really have a, a deeper why, then, then it's going to be harder to do it. Um, but in a more practical sense, like, yeah, it is boring. People, I think people do always come that it's boring. It's like, yeah, it is boring. That's because we're so used, initially, we're so used to any time we have a moment where we're not stimulated and excited, then that equates to, to feeling boring. Um, so in the initial time, sitting alone with nothing to do, nothing to distract yourself, just focusing on your breath is actually quite boring because... Uh, it's uncomfortable to not be stimulated. And I think um, it doesn't serve us to um, try it, or I don't think it serves us to try and pretend that it's anything other than it is. Like it's simple and it's still, and it is totally the opposite of what we are used to doing. So initially that probably will feel boring, it will feel hard, um, but that's okay, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, and I suppose I suppose the contrast is, you know, what do people normally do first thing in the morning? Check their phone, they're on Instagram, you know, they're rushing around. And actually, it is such a contrast if you're saying, right, I'm going to sit down and meditate for 10 minutes. 
if you're used to getting those kind of hits of information from yeah. new messages on Instagram and things, it's going to seem like a bit of a contrast. But, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like kind of accepting that it is it is a sort of change of pace. And at the beginning, it might be boring. But um, I mean, I've certainly found there are days when I still find it boring, but a lot of the time it's not boring. So it's yeah. kind of um, remembering that you hopefully will get to a stage where it becomes less boring. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think it's also about um, we have. I think we have this idea of um, of what life should be like. So life should be really good and exciting and happy all the time. And then any time that we feel something that isn't that so sad or you know low or bored, then that's something that I shouldn't be feeling. And um, and so we kind of run away from that. And the whole practice of meditation is allowing yourself to accept everything and just kind of ride the waves of life and not try and run towards the good and run away from the bad. And the more that we can start to see that what we're experiencing is boring in the moment is just another emotion. It's part of the rainbow of being a human. Then whether it's boring, whether it's exciting, whether it's happy, it doesn't really matter. It's just is what it is. And so I think for me, when I, people always ask me like, did it become less boring? It's the same as it ever was, but I just accept it. And in that, it becomes wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so interesting because, yeah, it almost seems as though the boringness of it is part of the practice. It's part of the acceptance of whatever you're experiencing. And if you can accept whatever you're experiencing, your life gets a lot easier, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and um what you're saying about kind of I don't know I'm thinking about kind of going back to mobile phones again how we use things like our mobiles to avoid whatever feelings we're having and I have had to recently become a lot more strict with myself about my phone because I noticed I'd be kind of having a disagreement with my partner and I would pick up my phone like mid argument with my boyfriend and start going on Instagram and it was my it's terrible I'm like I'm actually embarrassed to say me <laughs> do you do that as well no someone does that to you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay glad I'm not the only one no <laughs> but literally I was just unconsciously avoiding the discomfort of having that argument and running to kind of the distraction of my phone and I've just become a lot more conscious of that now but it is so interesting how we do that so even with meditation you know um, obviously a lot of people use apps and guided meditations and your phone is right there Mm. so yeah it's a good idea to not not to sort of push through the boredom and not um yeah get just get distracted or use that as a, a tool to distract yourself from whatever you're feeling absolutely and, and to not fe- to not feel like okay this isn't what I'm so for example with meditation a lot of people sit in meditation and they're like I'm bored that means it's not working that means I'm not doing it right because you see all these pictures of I sit down in meditation and suddenly you know I'm like a unicorn floating on a cloud it's like no that's not that's not what happens that that might happen maybe I've had one or two experiences after like a hundred hours in silent meditation where I feel like somewhere I've left my left my body but it's not really actually about that it's it's much more about coming into um starting to see the beauty in the mundane and starting to see the kind of um the wholeness of just sitting and there being nothing exciting and whatever. And I, I think the more that people 
had this idea of what it's meant to be like, but then then you get stuck at the first hurdle, which is I'm bored, I'm thinking this isn't right, I'm not good at it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, okay, so getting seeing the beauty in the mundane, I love that idea mm-hmm. to kind of remember that. Um, I think we all need that in our lives because, yeah, to sort of see the richness in everything rather than going for these kind of intense experiences all the time. Yeah. Um, what about, okay, so the, the number one thing that I hear, the, the sort of excuse that I hear about meditation is, I'm too busy. I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time to sit and do nothing. Um, how do you kind of, yeah, what do you say to people who are struggling with that? Mm. I mean, I think that what you said at the beginning is that, that it, is, it is an excuse, you know, like if we, if you really get honest with yourself and say, okay, I want to spend 10 minutes a day in meditation, in meditating because it's really important to me because um, I don't want to feel stressed or anxious or upset and whatever. You can find that 10 minutes, whether it's saying like, I'm going to delete Facebook from the app on my phone and I'm not going to go on it. Or I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier. Like that, that there is that time. So I, I think when I'm not really a tough love person at all, but when that's the one thing where I will kind of feel a bit, tough with people and say like that is the excuse you do have time there is time it's just about whether you want to 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 make that time then uh, more then more practically um I do always say to people if you really are choosing not to make the extra time for it then you can use the things that you're already doing to do it in a way that opens you up to meditation so it's like if you walk to the tube on the way to work, just do that without being on your phone or listening to music and use that five minutes as your time to just be with yourself. Or when you're doing the washing up, don't put on a podcast. And that for me is like really an, an entry point. If you really can't make the, the time, then um, use the time that you have. I love that idea. Yeah. So for people that are really kind of telling themselves they don't have time, because I think it is a story that we tell ourselves actually. Yeah. Um, we all have the same hours in a day and actually we do have control over how we spend our time Um, but actually just incorporating some of that kind of presence or mindfulness into your everyday can you can you explain what mindfulness is because I think it's again one of those things that people not necessarily sure what it is can you explain that so mindfulness is um so it's a it's a school of meditation or a, a technique within meditation and it's the practice of being in the present moment or aware of the present moment without judgment so the two parts to it are present moment aware awareness so that would be in a mindfulness meditation where you sit aware of your breath or if you're walking to the tube you'd be aware of walking and the smells around you rather than your phone or whatever and then the without judgment is um uh, i i see it really as bringing a compassionate um energy to everything that you do so if you sit in awareness of the present moment instead of judging oh I'm not meant to be feeling like this I don't know why I'm feeling like this this isn't good you just try and remain as compassionate to your experience as possible so whatever I'm experiencing is okay Mm. I'm okay yeah yeah that's such an important point because it's amazing how much we judge ourselves and beat ourselves up and you know for everything you know for um ridiculous things that no one you know no one else would even notice but somehow for ourselves we're always so harsh to ourselves and I know you talk a bit 
a lot about self-compassion and yeah um, can you can you talk a little bit about that and why it's helpful yeah of course and I mean so, so for me as I got further in my meditation practice I really realized that my big um challenge wasn't so much actually stress as I thought it was it was like this unbelievably aggressive inner critic I had that was constantly daunting oh that's not good enough oh I can't believe you did that that's a bit embarrassing that was my inner monologue all the time mm-hmm. and I actually later on um one of my the, the teachers who I learned from um she said name your inner critic um to give it an identity so I call mine Judge Judy and I always remember the lines <laughs> and so <laughs> and that's been so helpful for me but so for me it's that self-compassion is really like changing the way that you talk to yourself and I found the most useful way to understand that is to imagine if you spoke to your best friend or someone that you love like you spoke to yourself what on what would that relationship be like how much would you be hurting that person how bad would it make you feel to 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 be talking to that person in that way and then to put that mirror onto yourself and realize that actually you are talking to yourself in whatever way you are and you're with yourself all the time and for me it was like whoa okay I'm talking to myself so badly all the time I'm hurting myself and so self-compassion is changing that dialogue and and really saying, okay, first of all, I'm, I'm aware that I'm a human. I'm not meant to be perfect. So let me be kind to myself rather than constantly berating myself for not being perfect. Then realizing that, you know, I'm just like everybody else. And then because you realize that you're, you know, everyone is just flawed, then just turning to yourself with compassion rather than this long list of demands of how you have to be. That's such good, good advice. I think... If everyone, if everyone did that and started to become aware of that, it would completely change people's lives. That one thing of just, I think, being aware of how you're speaking to yourself and thinking, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's an abusive relationship with yourself. Otherwise, I think, you know, some of the things that we say to ourselves and, you know, when I'm working with clients, they tell me the things that they say to themselves and, um, yeah, it's horrendous. So just getting awareness of that and being a friend, being a friend to ourselves yeah yeah really beautiful yeah yeah um I think meditation is becoming more and more popular would you agree and yeah is is the kind of you know is it is it has it gone mainstream where do you see it going in the future do you think everyone will be learning it at school in in the next few years or what do you think about that I spend a lot of time thinking about this um because you know, it's, it's had this big explosion and it's interesting because I read a lot of like old mystic texts and they would used to say with these kind of practices, they were kept amongst a very small group of people and those people who were ready to receive them. When I first read that, I was like, oh, that's a bit interesting, don't like that. And, um, you know, this is a practice that's, that's available to everyone. And, and I think that's great. And I think it should be in schools and I think it should be in prisons, I'm a mindfulness teacher in prisons, and I wow. think it should be available everywhere. However, the, the, there is a trap, I think. And um, so there's this quote that I lo- love. Um, it's Einstein, and he, it says, "I'm paraphrasing, but um, you can't solve the problem a problem with the same mind that created it." And I think the issue that there is in meditation going mainstream is is often that we'll try and the, the same pro- 
mind problem that's creating stress and anxiety within us like I need to get to a goal and I need to do things really quickly and um, you know uh, am I good at this is seeping into the way that we understand meditation so it's like two minutes a day to change your life and I you know I even I I, I have said things things not not quite like that but you know you only need five minutes a day and um you know become a better meditator and all these kind of things and, and not so much that I'm saying that that's wrong but I think we have to be aware that it is that type of thinking that's causing us the problem in the first place so if we apply that type of thing to meditation I don't know that it will will help us that is so interesting to me I've never thought of it like that Gosh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, one thing I do think about in terms of that is that um, meditation has been around for thousands of years and it's been passed down through kind of oral traditions in India and it's, it hasn't changed for kind of 5,000 years. And now people are kind of, I don't know, there's apps and things. And so I wonder how it is going to change from that. Are we going to lose the essence of what it is in a way? I don't know. You know, in a thousand years, is meditation going to be something completely different because of the fact that we're we're coming at it from our stressed kind of achievement perspectives it'll be interesting yeah obviously won't be around to see a thousand years but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be yeah. interesting for future generations hopefully to um preserve the kind of that understanding I guess yeah definitely and I think as individuals we just have to be careful and when we notice ourselves thinking like am I a good meditator um or um, how can I squeeze meditation into my life just to maybe be aware and have a bit of awareness and say, okay, actually, would looking at the way that I'm thinking about this be more beneficial for me than squeezing two minutes into my day or thinking that I'm a good meditator? So every thought, every kind of challenge is an, is an opportunity to um, to apply like the... the um, practice of meditation in in a way so um yeah I think it's all about awareness so if we're aware that we're doing that then that's that's cool mm-hmm. amazing um so can you talk to me about your love notes because I couldn't help but notice these lovely <laughs> things on your website um what's what are the love notes tell us about that um so I when I first started um a much deeper self-compassion practice um, I used to leave myself little love notes around my room or some post-it notes. Um, so like, I forgive you or I love you um, and all of this. Um, and then I just started becoming a little bit more creative with them and just writing notes to myself that I knew I would want to hear when I was feeling really low or confused or, or, or whatever. Um, and, I, and I think I posted one on Instagram and a few people said to me, like, oh, thank you, that really brightened my day. Um, so I just kept sharing the ones that I did did to myself and um, kind of, yeah, just playing around with this idea of how would we want to hear our, but how would we want to hear ourselves talking to ourselves and then getting it on paper and then just having them to to remind you that at one point you did talk to yourself in that in that loving way. So, you know, you do love yourself and it is there. I love that idea. I think it's, yeah, I really recommend people to give that a try. Um, and even, you know, imagining that you're writing it to a friend, if you can't say something nice to yourself, imagine that you're writing something lovely to a friend. I, um, yesterday, a friend of mine left me 
I don't know if it was sort of like a love note, but she left me a little audio message on WhatsApp, just a really kind of lovely message. And I was thinking, oh, that's so, you know, such a nice thing to do. And how much that can brighten up your day, you know, whether it's coming from yourself because you've written yourself a little love note or you're telling a friend or a friend's telling you. I think it's just those little moments to um, send yourself some love or send someone else some love, I think is really special. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I love that what you said about little moments, because so sometimes we can get such on such a um, train of like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And then you don't have those little moments of love or peace or, you know, breath to just punctuate your day. It's very easy to forget to do that. But if you have something physical, like something from a friend or something from yourself, it just kind of reminds you to take that breath and that space. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 me too. Um, I couldn't help but notice when I was on your Instagram earlier, couldn't help but notice that you seem to be taking a break from social media. Yeah. So tell me about that. I'm very intrigued about this. Yeah, so I, so a lot, a lot of people think that because I'm a meditation teacher and because I've practiced for such a long time that I've got everything on lock and everything is just a lovely walk around, breezing around on this wonderful cloud, but I still am struggling to come into balance with the same things as, as everybody else and um, so I find that when I am on social media quite a lot and um, it really I can just notice a difference in how I feel and um, so I feel more hectic because mm. if I have a moment of um like space I'll be oh okay I'll just check Instagram and then I'll just scroll or whatever so in that sense I'm like have just a really easy way of keeping myself distracted from just stillness or the moment. But I also find myself much, much more judgmental of myself and not so much other people, but that's probably because I naturally have a disposition to being self-critical. And so I, I can find myself having these thoughts of like, oh gosh, that person's doing that. You know, I'm not, I'm not as good as that. And I know to myself, I'm like, what are you doing? You don't need to, you don't need to do this. So for me, I, I, I know that there is a land of kind of milk and honey where you can use social media, where it's absolutely for good and it's nourishing and it allows you to connect with people and share with people. I love all of that. Um, but where you're not falling into the traps of um, judging yourself, judging others or using it as a distraction. But I've not found that land yet. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's at, at this point, it's better for me to just say, actually, I don't. I don't need that. Let me work on myself. Let me get better, uh, or let me continue to deepen my practice, and um, to such a point that I can't can use it in a healthy way. I really recommend that for people. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many people listening that are thinking, "Yes, I'm in that boat of you know going onto social media, and it doesn't leave you feeling that great." I I have to watch myself with um, Instagram stories, Instagram <laughs> stories where people are talking about their you know their day-to-day lives but it's they're always like eating some amazing brunch or you know they're speaking at some amazing event or they're on holiday or something and actually you know I have to at certain times of the month specifically just not watch Instagram stories that's why that's my uh... (laughs) so yeah I mean I think it's quite inspiring that you've done that because actually I think there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of hype around Instagram that we need to be on there, but actually, do we need to? The world's not going to end. You know, people are still going to, you know, find out about you if you're not on Instagram all the time. It's not a big deal. And 
yeah, just extending that invitation to people listening that actually they can follow suit, give themselves a break from it. You don't need to be on there. Um, it is possible to to live without social media and you're doing amazingly without it. So, yeah. yeah. No, yet. And, and, and I think for those people as well, the thing I would advise to do is to think like, what is your like what what is your end goal like what do you actually want and if you're if what you want is to be happy and free and full and whatever it is then and going on social media is making you miserable then that is not your path if going on social media is making you happy and free and full then great but this idea that we have to have 10,000 Instagram followers to be happy and free and full or whatever it is 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 a myth and and I think that um, yeah, there, there, are, there, there may be some opportunities that I miss out on for not being on social media, but it's about weighing up, like, is that, is that worth it for me? So mm. I definitely think if, you, if people are going on social media and it's making them unhappy, then, then I would say get off it. Yeah, yeah, good advice. I think it's an important point you made there about actually questioning, questioning what we're doing more, because I think often there's a default that we seem to live in like oh of course I'm gonna you know live in a city or of course I'm going to go on social media or you know climb the corporate ladder and actually that society kind of expects of us and we don't often just sit back and ask ourselves is this actually helping me is this what makes me happy is this actually damaging me and to really kind of examine that and think we don't have to do what everyone else is doing we Mm. don't have to follow the the crowd we can take ourselves you know on a different path that is going to be a, you know arguably a lot more nourishing and positive for us so yes. let's question let's question what we're doing more and kind of ask ourselves is this really working for us I think yes absolutely so thank you so much for talking to me I found it absolutely fascinating and I'm I actually skipped my meditation this morning I'm sorry to say but I might actually just do it now I'm going to do it now <laughs> Um, so yeah I'm inspired now can you can you tell us where we can find out more about you and what you're up to and how, if people want to learn more from you yes um so the best place to find me then is, is my website and um, which is www.holidayphillips.com um, and I'm actually up to I'm just about to launch a new I, I do different put different con- free content online and so I do 30 day challenges a couple of times a year and I'm just about to launch a new thing which is um, bedtime stories and I'm going to essentially um, look at different stories from mythology and religion and fables that are teaching us le- like life lessons um, and I'm going to read them as a bedtime story and then I'm going to break them down um, wow. and kind of so that that's my thing amazing Oh yeah. my gosh, you've got such a lovely voice and such a lovely way about you that I imagine people might fall asleep just from the seething <laughs> kind of manner and yeah. Yeah. Oh, how lovely. And um, um and then to, to meditate with me. Um I um um I am always at frame every every single month in London. Um but apart from that, I'm kind of taking a little bit of, bit of a break from doing lots of of workshops so the best way if you want to meditate with me and um, just be to get in touch with me directly and then I do one-on-one stuff brilliant brilliant and I'll post the link to your website in the show notes as well so everyone can um find out more thanks Thank you so much and I hope you have a lovely day it looks absolutely beautiful yeah you are and it's lovely day in London as well so have yeah. a great day and hopefully I'll see you soon yeah thank you so much Chloe have thanks. a lovely day bye
Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.